Welcome to Optimal Health for Busy Entrepreneurs, the podcast for busy and high-performing entrepreneurs and leaders who are looking to create more energy and optimize their health while upgrading their brain and personal performance with precision. I am your host, Julian Hayes II. I've been involved with health and performance for over a decade. This podcast was created for the high performer who is unapologetically ambitious, the one who moves at a fast pace and operates with an edge, the one who wants to become superhuman. Nothing here is fluff, gimmicky, or feel good. I have little to no interest in simply helping you improve your life. I want to help transform it. By listening to this podcast, expect to have a body that feels just as good as it looks. Expect to possess a swagger and style that gives off an infectious vibe. Expect to command the stage or any boardroom you walk into with your executive presence. And lastly, expect to become your most enhanced self so you can live a limitless life. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome to another episode of Optimal Health for Busy Entrepreneurs. I am your host, Julian Hayes II, and thank you for joining me for another installment. I know you could be doing hundreds of other things right now, but you're choosing to listen to another episode, and I don't take that lightly at all. You know, I saw earlier this week that I have listeners in every continent now, and that's just really cool. And, you know, in the future, I'm aiming to make it every country, uh, to have listeners in every country. But but anyway, you know, I thank you for, for being a listener and hanging out with me every week. But moving on today, we're talking about something that, once again, isn't going to be televised or brought up anytime soon when it comes to your health and performance. And we're talking about invisible influencers. And these are important because it's essentially pulling strings that you might not even be aware of. And these invisible influencers, these are areas of life or habits per se that ultimately mold your decision making. And this ultimately leads to the results that you're going to get when it comes to your health, your business, or whatever your craft happens to be. But what if though, what if you could be aware of some of these more common invisible influencers and actually begin to optimize them and ultimately ultimately leverage them into your health and business. That is the goal of today's episode. Because inside any business, an entrepreneur will pay attention to the expenses such as labor, inventory, research and development, education, and many more things. But what's affecting entrepreneurs and leaders are the invisible forces of life. And these are harder to identify, and they're oh so easy to overlook. But when it comes to creating more energy and maximizing your human performance while catapulting your income and impact, this requires a focus on the margins. This is what requires you to go from good to great to elite. So with that said, let's start to paint a picture of what's going on now and, you know, These invisible forces, 
they're even more paramount right now due to the pandemic that's going on. And many people are call it, calling this a, um, a crisis. But in all honesty, if you pause for a minute and truly think about it, the word crisis is a word that entrepreneurs and high performers most likely flirt with more than they care to admit. Oftentimes, a crisis or a disaster or simply an inconvenience, it involves something monetarily. And I need to say this before I go on, that I'm not trying to lessen what's currently going on in the world right now. I'm simply trying to remind you that this isn't your first time around the rodeo as far as dealing with uncertainty and situations that can appear overwhelming. If you're anything like me, crisis and other inconvenient situations are mainly a nuisance because you simply value control. You know, control is at the top of my personal values. But with that said, though, there are some things that no matter what you do, it's still ultimately out of your hand. And in today's times, that thing is obviously the COVID-19 that's going around right now and what it's doing to people's businesses and their just daily way of life. And each and every one of us are affected by this crisis in some form or manner. And it's important to remember, though, that since the beginning of time, crisis have been a companion and a staple to the human experience. You know, if we weren't strong enough, we wouldn't be here right now. I wouldn't be talking to you and you wouldn't be listening to this because neither of us will be born. The very fact that we are here right now is proof that we're strong enough for the current crisis and many other challenging situations that may come up in the future. Only the strong and optimized survive as far as our genes go. That's what gets carried on throughout time and lineages. So while not every crisis is going to affect our health directly, as this current one does, crises come in all shapes and forms. And so before COVID-19, there was another crisis. A few years from now, something else will most likely make its way into the forefront to become the latest crisis. And maybe even before that, you'll have your own personal crisis. And I say all this once again, to not marginalize the fact of this crisis that we're in right now, because no matter the crisis, no matter the obstacles or any situations, your business and your health from a physical, a mental, and an emotional standpoint is most certainly at risk. But the key thing in a time of crisis is that leaders such as ourselves were needed even more to not only direct our companies, but to also the people who look up to us. And when you bring that idea in, I can already just hear someone out there that's listening right now. And they're saying, Julian, I don't have any employees, but you have yourself. And so leadership always starts with yourself. And I can guarantee you also that someone else is looking at you, looking at what you're doing and the actions that you're doing. And they're either getting inspiration or they're not getting inspiration from you in that situation looking at you. But you can also have family or a partner as well. A lot of us are in relationships as well. So you're always leading someone 
whether you realize it or not. And what often happens in these times of stress and crises is that entrepreneurs and leaders, we forget to put our own oxygen mask on first. With so much going on, we forget to prioritize our health because we have this inclination to expediently put these various fires out or to address the various situations going on. I don't know if you're like me or not, but I remember when this coronavirus stuff first started, I just had this big like inclination that I needed to do something. I needed to act and I needed to respond. Luckily, I didn't because I, I, I live by the model of slow down to speed up and to put my mask on first. But that is a key thing right now, to slow down, to speed up. And to address things like nutrition and staying active. And those are important things that I just mentioned. But those are also surface level habits. And those should be no brainers. There's an entire layer of things underneath that play a huge role. And those are the invisible influencers. They're subtle. And there aren't the first thing that comes to top of mind and with these, inv- these invisible influencers, there's a lot of potential ones. But these two that I'm about to share today are some of the more prevalent ones that go overlooked, but can also provide just a huge dividend to various aspects of not only your career and your professional life, but also your personal life and your health. So number one, the first invisible influencer is our breathing and our posture. So one critical task of leadership and entrepreneurship, it comes down to your decision-making. You know, making decisions, being at the top of your game. This is easy when there isn't any pressure, there isn't any obstacles, or there isn't any stakes at the moment. And the cash flow is, is going well. Leads are pouring in. Life is good. But making sound decisions and staying cool under pressure it's an entirely different story when a crisis or an unexpected situation is knocking right at your door. And when you encounter these various crises and stressful moments, a common recommendation that we hear from people and that maybe we even tell ourselves is to just breathe. Now, breathing, you know, it's unique as it's both a voluntary and an involuntary action. You can make your breath shallow or you can make it deep. You can make your breath fast, or you can slow it down. Most likely, though, when it comes to your breath, you aren't noticing these intricacies of the breath throughout the day. But learning to address this, or I should say harness the power of breath and the flexibility of control that you have with this, this is an untapped tool that you can use to boost your entire human system and specifically your cognition and your decision making. And there was a recent study that I saw over a year ago. It was a 2000, it was a um, May 2019 issue um, of the International Journal of Psychophysiology. And a study was published that found just two minutes of deep, slow breathing engages the vagus nerve and increases HRV which subsequently improves your decision-making. And decision-making, obviously, 
obviously is beneficial not only for making um, ideal dietary choices, but also for making great business decisions. And so we'll go into HRV in more detail down the road. But for now, just to give you like a taster and a teaser of what it is, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, HRV stands for heart rate variability. HRV is beneficial as it provides useful insights into your stress levels, your recovery status, and your general well-being. And HRV is going to be linked to your autonomic nervous system and the balance between your parasympathetic and sympathetic branches. And those two you probably have heard of. Parasympathetic, think of rest and digest. And sympathetic, think of as flight or flight. And through balancing these two forces, your autonomic nervous system, this is going to help you respond to the daily stressors that we go through and regulate some of your body's most important systems, such as your heart rate, your respiration, and your digestion. And so as of now, though, HRV, it's the most effective way of estimating this balance in your autonomic nervous system and how this is directly impacting your heart's heart's, um, activity. And the thing with HRV, though, that is also good to keep in mind is that it's going to be relative to each person. And a general rule, rule, though, to give you a simple picture is to think of having a higher HRV as being good as it's more associated with rest and digest, general fitness, and good recovery. And think of low HRV being more associated with flight or flight, stress, illness, and overtraining. And like a lot of clients and just individuals that I consult with, we go, we used and leveraged technology and HRV intimately to give us insights into how their system is performing and how their body is handling and experiencing stress on a daily basis. So let's go back to that study that I previously mentioned before talking about HRV. And so in that 2019 study, there were two parts to that study. And it was only really the second part that caught my eye the most. You know, inside that study, you had an experimental group and they performed two minutes of the skewed vagal breathing. You know, this is essentially exhaling longer than you inhale, to put it in practical terms. And the control group here, they were instructed to wait for two minutes before performing a 30-minute business-challenging decision-making task with multiple-choice answers. And stress levels here were reported before and after the task. While the control group reported elevations in their stress levels, those in the experimental group did not. Most importantly, participants in the experimental group who performed these deep breathing exercises, they scored nearly 50% more correct answers in the decision-making task compared to the control group. So while deep, slow breathing will certainly serve as an asset to use before walking into any high-stakes meeting or presentation or to simply calm yourself down, there's a forgotten element that could also um, help with that. And that's going to be concerning our posture. And, you know, with entrepreneurs, it's a, it's a two-part thing when we think about breathing and posture. And you want to do that because pausing and gaining control of your breath, first and foremost, this is the very first thing that entrepreneurs need and leaders need. 
because this helps you focus first and foremost during any sort of crisis or heightened situation. And this also allows you to slow down that incessant chatter that may be circulating in your head. And so one big reason why I talked about posture today in this episode is because right now, a lot of us, our professional life, our work life, has kind of had a monkey wrench thrown into it. A lot of us are doing a lot of more work when it comes to using our screens. And with this increased usage of these various screens that we're on now, our posture isn't the only thing that can be possibly affected by this. Our breathing can also become compromised, which may sound odd to, to, to link those two together, but nevertheless, when those two things are compromised, that's going to affect your overall human performance. So when you have poor posture, it's a given that you're increasing your chances of low back pain, perhaps. That's nothing new or revolutionary. We've, we've heard about that for 30 years now. But what's not as known or revolutionary, according to the late Dr. Rene Calliette, who's a pioneer in the field of musculoskeletal medicine, is that excessively leaning forward or slouching can reduce our lung capacity by as much as 30%. And so when you reduce this amount of oxygen that reaches your various body tissues, this is going to affect various systems, key systems at that, such as your brain, which leads to everyday decision-making not being as optimal. And this is why you think of a systems approach when it comes to your health and your human performance. Everything affects everything. Everything is important. And um, I encourage you, you know, for new listeners here to go back to, um, it will be episode one or episode two, if you don't, if you don't count the trailer and check out that episode where I talk about why it's important to have more of a systems mindset when it comes to our health now. But back to this, Something as elementary as simply sitting up in our chair can boost your confidence and belief in yourself, according to a 2009 study from Ohio State University. And so improving your breathing and your posture, this does require a conscious effort. And oftentimes, this requires you to root up some not-so-ideal habits. And Besides reminding yourself to maybe stand up and sit up straight as if we're in grade school again, another critical task is relearning how to breathe. And this probably sounds hella silly to even say to relearn how to breathe, but trust me, it'll make a world of difference with your daily stress levels and, and how that has an effect on your internal system. And so a great resource that was referenced a long time ago and that I recommend to others who are just getting started is to practice diaphragmatic breathing. And so I'll read a quick overview of this. It's, it's four simple steps. And so number one is to lie on your back or on a flat surface or bed. And when you're lying on your back, you can have your legs straight or you can have them bent with a pillow underneath. And Number two, the second step here is to let your chest open naturally. Have your shoulder blades in to con- 
with contact with the floor and place one hand on your abdomen just below your rib cage. And now for step three, you're inhaling slowly through your nose so that your abdomen rises up and presses against your hand. And the other hand that's on your chest should be kept still. And the last step of this is to exhale under control and tighten your abdomen muscles. And the pressure on your hand that's over the abdomen is going to decrease. And so a good place to start is doing this for five to 10 minutes a day, a few times a day. And so the second invisible influencer that plays a prominent role with your energy and with your income and impact has to deal with language. And so we know that relationships, nutrition, sleep, and exercise, these all play a positive effect on our chances of succeeding in business and optimizing our human system. But what you may not know, or you just may simply be overlooking, is the role that daily language plays. So here are some common words that I used to say, and sometimes I still say myself, and that I oftentimes hear other people say. This is so stressful. I'm under a lot of pressure. I'm so busy. I'm not good enough for this. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know if I'm going to survive this. And do you notice a trend with those statements? Besides giving a disempowering vibe there, each of those statements are stress-inducing. And they're also statements that create a lot of uncertainty, create a lot of lack. And all of which compound to just simply zap your energy, zap your vigor for life, zap your confidence. And so whether it's a health goal or building a business or any other goal, success comes down to mastering your mental game just as much as mastering any other external skill set. You know, words are more powerful than we realize. I think we have no idea at times just how powerful language is. You know, I'm still learning in my entrepreneurial journey. I still consider myself an adolescent. That you could be the most talented, the most intelligent, and the most respected individual within your field. But if you aren't mindful of your daily language and the way that you talk to yourself and the language that you let go on inside your head, you're going to inevitably sabotage yourself at some point along the journey. And oftentimes, and I noticed this within myself, the closer I got to reaching various goals and milestones that I set for myself, the more self-sabotage came in the way, the more I tried to take off and not do a task. Maybe it's recording a podcast. The more I wanted to skip writing that day, the more I wanted to skip exercising that day. And it was because of the language that was my default operating system. And so whether you notice it or not, the words and the phrases that you use, they convey feelings of doubt, insecurity, and a lack of true belief in yourself when it's words of disempowerment. The language that you use plays a pivotal role in your energy levels, especially during crises like we're in right now, where emotions are heightened, 
people around you are talking doomsday and fear and uncertainty is heightened as well. The language that you use in this very moment is going to either activate that sympathetic system, which as I mentioned earlier, consists of your flight or flight, or it's going to be that parasympathetic system and think rest and digest and relaxation. The body needs balance and oftentimes we're too much in our sympathetic system and that's where you you reach and you encounter what most people call burnout. That's why you get there because you're so much in that fight or flight. That cortisol is going through the roof. That's where the sleep difficulties come in. That's where the difficulty to lose the weight comes in because there's an imbalance between those systems. So not being mindful of the language that you use, you're unknowingly creating more conflict within yourself. And so to give you some examples here to cement this idea, I'm going to share four of the more common words that do more harm than good and just some simple words to replace them with. And so the first word is maybe. This is a word that I use a lot. So when I consult with clients now and we have what some people call a um, consultation or a discovery call or even um, after we've been working a while for a few months, I eliminate the word maybe. It doesn't exist in this dictionary. It's either a yes or no at the end because there's no such thing as maybe. Maybe is used when you're too, too fearful to say no. Think about this. Have you ever actually went on a date with a person that said, maybe, you know, I I remember asking a girl out a long time ago and I asked her, I would like to take you on a date. And she, she said, maybe, and not surprisingly, I never went on a date with her. Have you ever had a fantastic client that gave you the answer? Maybe. Have you ever seen someone change their life with maybe they could do something? Maybe they can start working out. Maybe they can start taking care of the nutrition. I haven't seen these things when somebody's used maybe, and most likely you haven't either. Maybe is a weak word. You know, in business, along with the pursuit of any other goal, you need to be completely sure of yourself, almost have an irrational belief in yourself about the decisions that you're making on a daily basis. Because if you're not, others will pick up on your lack of certainty and will have difficulty believing in you along with working for you. And of course, if you're having those difficulties with people not working with you, that's of course affecting your income impact. And then by struggling with the income impact, you might bring on more stress and that's going to tie into more health. So these things are always connected. So starting now, I want you to try to, I want you actually not try I want you to eliminate the word maybe from your vocabulary. It's only I will or I want. Time is too precious to waste on maybes. And number two, ironically, because I just almost caught myself saying it, is the word try. I will try to finish this project by by Thursday. I will try to start eating healthier. I will try to work out four days this week. We've all heard these types of statements along with other examples of tries. I've been guilty of blurting them out as well. You just saw it a few minutes ago. I almost blurted it out. This word is weak. It is prevalent everywhere we go. 
And it's so commonly used that we get off the hook for something when we use it. The word try, it prevents you from having to commit, which is actually a core necessity to succeeding in any endeavor. And so simply put, you know, as the great philosopher, Yoda, as I call him, he's a philosopher, you do or you do not. There's no try, there's no wiggle room, there's no in-between. Remove try from the sentence and include will. And so our third word here is want. Want. This word is innocent on the surface. It seems like there's nothing wrong with this word. It's, it's you know, shouldn't we want things for our life and our business? And of course we should. But this word want, it's not moving the narrative forward. And it's, it's not really that emotionally compelling either. Um, oftentimes when we, when we use the word want, it's indicating a lack of in your life. So instead of saying, I want to eat healthier, I want to earn a million dollars, you can simply say, I am eating healthier. I am earning a million dollars. I am optimizing my human system. Not only does switching those words put you in a more control of the outcome, but it's an example of active language. An active language, it brings more emotion with it. It brings more energy, more excitement, more certainty and clarity to the situation. And our fourth word here is soon. I'm going to write a book soon. I'm going to start a business soon. I'm going to start taking care of my health more soon. You know, that is procrastination 101. Because this instantly primes you to do the activity in the near future. And that doesn't necessarily have a specificity to it, which is most likely going to lead to you never getting it done. Also here... This procrastination, it shows that you're either too committed to way too many things and you're overloaded, you're overwhelmed, your plate's too full, or it's showing that this particular thing isn't that important to you. And if this thing, this item, this goal, if that thing that you're saying soon on is in fact important, then you having to say that word shows that you need to remove things that aren't serving you at this very moment, that you need to remove things that are not moving you toward where do you want to head in life and business. So this word is, it's an indication. It's like a, it's like a, one of those lights that come on in your car. There's like check engine lights that come on in your car. That's what that's the that's the only good thing about this word. You know, our words they have power. And it's easy to overlook something so simple as our vocabulary. You know, it's easy to overlook those these these vocabulary for more external tactics and strategies during a time of crisis, during a time of hardship, you know, we want to buckle down and you know, find some maybe it's a funnel in our business. Maybe it's 
switching up our diets and, and going to paleo or keto when there's hardship and obstacles in the way or we're really struggling. But never, but no matter the endeavor, the transformations of any endeavor, they start by going inside ourselves. That starts with our language because that has the power to influence and shift our demeanor and perspective toward empowerment or limitations toward our goals. You know, I have this saying, a focus on the possibilities, not the problems. But a big part of focusing on the possibilities starts with using the ideal language. So sympathetic-driven words such as try, control, hard, must, and should, these only lead to more tense feelings and stress. It brings more heaviness to your life. So as an alternative, more parasympathetic words such as allow, accept, effortless, and let, this will make you feel, ironically, more in control, less heavy, less tense, all leading to better decision making, which not only affects your nutrition, but it also affects your business and your personal relationships. So as I wrap this up here, a crisis of any sort, it doesn't have to equate to an immediate doomsday scenario like the people around us are preaching right now and preaching fear and scarcity. A crisis doesn't mean that your health has to be relegated to the bench so that you immediately douse yourself into the task of your business and putting different fires out. It doesn't mean that time. A crisis or a challenging time can serve as a growth catalyst. And with that said, though, I'm not going to bullshit you. This is not easy. And it's not going to happen with a flick of a wrist. You know, you would have to be blind to think that. You know, I've experienced some of the most psychologically and emotionally toughest moments of my life during the last eight weeks. But I remind myself, and I have to do it a lot these days, just as I hope you're doing for yourself right now, that you're being your biggest fan, your biggest proponent right now, that I'm stronger than I think I am. Sometimes you have to remind yourself that you can rise to this occasion, that you were born for this moment because you're a leader, you're a high performer. You know, your genes showed that you're strong to handle these crises, these moments, these challenges, because you're here in this very moment. If you weren't stronger enough, your genes wouldn't have made it here. So remind yourself of that. And I have to remind, remind myself of this daily. As a listener of this podcast, I already know that you aren't an average individual. I don't create for average surface level people. I don't speak to average surface level people. You would have left this podcast a long time ago for something much more palatable to your feelings if you were the other type of person. So with that said, I hope you got something out of this episode. I hope you got some type of insight. You know, 
I created this episode just to spur of the moment when I was just thinking some things about my own life at this moment. You know, I have a lot of, I have some new things that I'm going to try and roll out soon, you know, just to try to serve you all better. So definitely stay tuned. So until next time, stay awesome and be limitless, my friend. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of Optimal Health for Busy Entrepreneurs. I hope this conversation has made you at least 1% better. I hope this conversation has given you a tool, a tactic, or something that has helped shape your paradigm into becoming your most limitless self. And with that said, go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. And if you dig the podcast, go ahead and rate and review it. But five stars, of course. And if you don't dig it, well, just pretend I didn't say anything. Or just give me another shot. Because maybe, just maybe, I'm an acquired taste. And so until next time, my friend, stay awesome and be limitless. And enjoy the rest of the song. Peace. Peace.